Welcome to WP Tonic Roundtable Podcast, where a panel of leading WordPress junkies discusses the latest WordPress and internet stories of the week. Now, on with the show with your moderator, Jonathan Denwood. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Roundtable Show. This is episode 602. We record this live every Friday at 8.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Got a lively panel. Some of them are wondering why they're on this panel, but uh, I think it's going to be interesting. We've got a couple of guests and we've got a, a, a great normal panelist, Spencer Forum, with us. Everybody else has Forum. seen. Everybody else has bunked off. Shh, listeners. Don't tell him. Don't tell him. <laughs> Everybody else has bunked off uh, for the summer, obviously. I'm going to let the guests introduce themselves first. Paul Lacey, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to the listeners of yours, Paul? Yeah, thank you very much. Paul Lacey here. I'm a Guinness World Record holder, a WordPress expert, and uh, I'm also the co-host of the Dorothy Builds um, similar panel podcast where we watch what you've done on Friday and then copy it for Monday called This Week in, called this week in WordPress. I'll, so, I'll, yeah. do, I'll do totally the same if I was in your shoes. Yeah, well, you should I'll, I'll, I'll say I didn't think of it. It would make the job easier. With, uh, without uh, your show, ours is cancelled, mate, so it oh, wouldn't work well. that way around. Yeah. Oh, well, there we go. There, there we are. We've got returning guest panelists. It's been a little bit too long. We've got Jonathan World with us. Jonathan, I know you, I know you're wondering why the hell you're here, but you know you did that. You did um, accept the invite. But there you go. Would you Would you like to quickly introduce yourself? I'm happy to. But first, Paul, you left us hanging. What's the record? I can't say. No, I can. I can. It's It's something extremely impressive. That's all I can say. Okay. Apart from, apart from let's just say I turned up somewhere wearing a Christmas jumper. There was a lot of other people wearing Christmas jumpers, right. and they counted us. And we won a record, and I've got the right. certificate right there. And if I could turn the camera, I could show you. But legit, <laughs> legit Guinness World Record holder. Oh, well, there you go. I'm so, I'm so proud. I still have to buy the certificate. They don't just give it to you. I think if you've done something <laughs> pathetic, like just turned up in. Come a on, let's get let's keep this on track. You know. Come on, Jonathan, let's have your <laughs> oh, It's like even knowing that, though. Even I, even I, I suspected that might be the case. It's still mm-hmm. impressive. It's still impressive to so. say that that you're a record holder. So it's I am a returning guest. I am always happy to be here. We'll we'll see how I feel after the fact, but yeah, uh, um, yeah. I, I I love WordPress and I love causing causing trouble in WordPress. Been doing so for about sixteen years now. So okay. see what's and next. Spencer Forum. Spencer, would you like to introduce yourself? <laughs> this is Spencer Forum. No, or Foreman. I love you're so cute when you call me that every every week. I think right now it's my my thing. Uh, you can find me at launchflows.com. <clears throat> Excuse me. Or you, you can have. I could, I could call you something else if you want me to. Dinner. Before we oh, go, before we go into the stories, um, I just want to mention my one of my major sponsor, and that's Casters. Um, Casters, if you're looking to get into podcasting, and you really should, not only for yourself but for your clients, um, you're going to need a podcasting platform. And Costos, I moved to them about three, four months ago, paid out my own pocket. Um, I moved there and basically when I heard that Matt Medeiros was uh, going to join them, I thought, you know, if it's good enough for Matt, 
it should be good enough for me. Uh, um, so I joined them. It was, and the pricing was about half what I was paying. Plus their interface is really slick and they're really helpful. They, they went out their way to get about 600 shows moved from my existing platform onto theirs and they were extremely helpful. We had some discussions that decided they found out my great, Almost three years, main sponsor, Kinster, were ending their sponsorship, and they said, we want to come on board, and they have. So if you're, like I say, just go over there, have a look what they're going to got to offer, and you're going to be blown away. So let's go um, and look at story one. WordPress forces updates versus auto-updates, abusing use. Oh, my God. This, um, this, I thought this was a tavern story, but it's from somewhere else. It could be a tavern story by the, by the terrible um, title. But, um, Spencer, what did you think of this one? Oh, where are we going? Oh, so, here's the problem. The problem is I have three kids. I think Paul has a couple, right? And John has a couple. Two. So, as a parent, one of the hardest things is the do as I say, not as I do problem. Okay? You can't really teach your kids how to be good human beings when you do exactly the opposite of what you tell them they must do. And that's what automatic does on a regular basis. This is one example of it because we've talked about lots of other examples of how the benefits of the auto updates can serve people. And I was really surprised because I don't think it was in this article by Tony, but I saw Triple J who I think is really calm and rational about everything. He was piping in in favor of this. I find this absolutely offensive on multiple levels. The essential thing that happened was there was a security patch, an exploit, and so forth that needed attention, right? Rather than handling it like WordFence does, which is to put the word on the street right away, shut this bad boy down, they decided to use the back door that's only available to them to force an auto-update on people. Now, I don't care if there was people in your underwear drawer and they found it. That's not an excuse or an emergency to auto-update people when the explicit terms for everybody else in the ecosystem is there's no way in hell you're allowed to do that. If any other company had done this, they would have been over. I mean, we talked about last uh, the week before last, the poor guy who made the mistake of coming in and like updating his plugin with more features and, and all hell broke loose. Now I see John is already crossing his eyes on this because John and I have had many, many theoretical discussions in years past and he works for automatic. So I appreciate that he's here, but this behavior is unacceptable because there's three things that they do wrong. Number one, they break the rule of not allowing your plugin to phone home. Only Jetpack gets a pass on phone home other than Elementor. But the reason Elementor got a pass on it was because they could say, fuck you, sorry for the kids, to, to Automatic. I did, I did, uh, I did, I, I did uh, Jonathan work for Automatic. I think after this, it's going to be, well, he, you know, did, he did I, work I, for Automatic. Hold I'm not done. Well, the, on, the, the other thing that it does that's wrong. A good rant, for God's sake. I, I just want to finish my thought. There's only four of us today. Give me a break. The other thing that it does wrong is besides phoning home, is it's violating the trust of the people who have now been told to use this new auto-update feature, which we were debating 
six or eight months ago when it came out. Like, should things auto-update or should they not? You should have faith that the only reason it'll auto-update is because it's for good. And now we see that they're abusing it for their own purpose. And when I say abusing, I don't mean like they're stealing money, but they're violating your trust in the same way like Google and Apple violate your trust when they use your personal data, but they prevent marketers from using it even though they're selling it. And the third thing they did wrong is that Jetpack is just every day showing more and more that it is a Trojan horse for the marketing efforts of Automatic. Sorry, but it's true. Because when you put that plugin in, it's just essentially like their monetization strategy in a plugin. No other plugin except Elementor can do anything close to that. And when even Yoast, who gets away with murder, like we talked about last week, Yoast put in that footer to, to sell stuff that like oh, he would he would ever do anything though I so, see would he I mean I, I'm up for healthy debate and I could give a rat's ass because I tell everybody never put in jetpack no matter what for all these reasons. I just find it really strange in an open yeah. source community. Yeah, sounds, you've had a good go at this. Uh, Jonathan, what's your thoughts about this, Jonathan? <laughs> so so first I, I no longer work at automatic. Oh, that's oh. good because you oh. would, you would you would do after this show. That's no, he's just had a message. He's just had the SMS. That's, that's not true. Um, I spent eighteen months. It's been a little over a month and a half, and uh, I'm back out of my own now. Where are you uh, at? I'm just just doing my own thing at the moment, exploring oh, some I, opportunities. Because yeah. I know you still had your show with WooCommerce and stuff. So yeah. Oh, I mean, I still I still love WooCommerce, and, and you got that really cool jacket. Thank you. Yes. With the, yes. The this is a yes. So. Uh, uh, so that's, I mean, I mean, easier said than done, but I think I'd probably say the same things, whether I was automatic or not, but with a little bit of, uh, you know, yeah, a little bit of extra weight if I was still there. Um, what I'm interested in this whole situation is like, if you would, would this be a big issue if this had happened to a different plugin? Because this, this difference between auto updates and forced updates is I think worth calling out here, right? Because what we're not talking about was the nature of the issue. Like Apple's done this a couple of times and I think they did it with Zoom. Like when you think about WordPress as as an operating system, it's like at some point, what types of things do we want it to do? I think this is convoluted because it is about Jetpack. But what I'm hearing you say, Spencer, is you know, b- bigger issues with Jetpack as a whole, less about the specifics of what happened here. So I don't know the specifics of what the issue was. But what's interesting to me, it's like, do we want WordPress? Do we want .org to have the ability to do like forced updates for specific situations? And for me, like that's something that you wouldn't want them to use regularly. But yeah, when I think about the ecosystem as a whole, and if you think about WordPress as an operating system, disconnecting it from Jetpack for a moment, like that's the part of the discussion I think is interesting. I mean, just to clarify, so that the listeners get the story. This was the Jetpack plugin had an exploitable vulnerability. Here's where, although I don't disagree with your point, let's clarify what the difference is as far as the real world of everyone else. Sure. Automatic took it upon themselves because they could to do a forced update. Nobody else who had a plugin with an exploit in it could do that. Okay, well, but I need to, so when you say automatic, so there is like one of the things I appreciate, and I spent 18 months inside, there is a proper firewall between .org and like the Jetpack team. I remember I remember working on WooCommerce and there were times where we would like want things done. And if anything, .org is like meaner <laughs> to, to the folks at Automatic asking for things. 
I remember asking for something pretty basic. And it was like, oh, well, no, no, you got to do this and you got to do that. So like when I look at this, it's like Jetpack had a vulnerability. They disclosed it. And then .org said, okay, we're going to do this. And you can say what you want. Like, but- All right, then. Um, so, Paul, um, I love the Jetpack crew at WordCamps. They're such nice people. It's just, but when it comes to the plugin, I just think it's a bit of shit myself. Uh, um, I would never put it on a client's website. It's just a total piece of crap software. Uh, um, what, what's your views on this then, Paul? I think it's really nice that they did it for us. Actually, no. <laughs> no I think, Why are you uh, trying to get a job with automatic, are you, Paul? You know, no. uh, you've got to do no. some more bum licking than that if you're going to do it automatic. Um, you know, right. First of all, I think uh, Jonathan is right that it wasn't um, automatic that did the update. It was the .org team as such because on the Twitter thread, some people from automatic were like, no, it was actually nothing to do with us. But um, but we have in the UK this newspaper called the Daily Mail, which is, and then we also, yeah. And then we also have this thing called the BBC, right? And, um, and there's a guy on the BBC used to interview people who were reading the Daily Mail. Like, hey, I see you're reading the Daily Mail. Are you angry yet? Because it's one of those newspapers that basically you read it and it makes you angry, right? And I think well, that's that, his whole purpose, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we're, this is what we're talking about, right? Newspapers. But um, no, I think what it is is that like an article like this comes from one side of the whole argument. Yeah. And it's like, hey, they shouldn't have done this. And this, you know, this breaks, you know, this and this rule and whatnot. And this is going to make these people angry and they shouldn't do that and they shouldn't have that power. And then you could read another article that was like, the heroes over at the .org team saved us all. What wonderful people they are. And I think the fact is, is that you can you can get some facts on something. And you can say, right, this is what happens. Here's a fact, and that backs up my argument. And then someone else can go, well, here's what also happened, and I've got a fact, and that backs up my argument. And then basically they block each other on Twitter and never have a conversation and nothing gets resolved. I think that's kind of like what this is, is that it just signifies that this is a system it's not perfect. The world isn't perfect. And sometimes people have to do stuff and sometimes people make mistakes. And also sometimes people have agendas. And somewhere mixed in this is what happened. And I, I don't understand the in, the ins and outs of actually what happened. But to me, it's like a... It doesn't... I don't really care. Well, yeah. Spencer's <laughs> right, really. It kind it of... probably is. It yeah. shows... There's definitely an in-group of people and in-group yeah. of plugins that get special treatment. But, and and I, think but, it's naive, but, I think it's naive too, by the way. I just want to pipe in here. Although you two are factually correct that maybe that's the .org team that did the action, it's very naive and I think sort of disingenuous to suggest that Automatic does not have authority over the .org team's ultimate decision. This right, I'm blocking plugin, you on Twitter now. This plugin is the... Jetpack plugin from Automatic. And at the end of the day, nobody would believe for a second that if like Spencer Foreman's Spencer, lunch was Spencer, you don't understand. This is the jewel in the crown. This is the driving <laughs> force but, uh, behind WordPress. But, Jetpack. We've seen who gets executed. Message, Spencer. You're just not Spencer. Awesome. How many how many installs does launch flows have versus Jetpack? The, let's use about- another. Let's use another free plugin. Like let's use W3TC. Right, Frederick Towns. Who. Yep. You'll find my videos there, and I talked to Frederick and helped him with the marketing of that before. That had over five million installs. Okay, yep. 
it's probably more than that, but they only stop at five million. Okay. I know, yeah. <laughs> Frederick has moved on to greener pastures, and I think Andrew had something to do. Andrew Palmer had something to do with the the, the subsequent thing. If that plugin had an exploit, guess what would happen? <laughs> it would be delisted, but it would not be forced update. That is one hundred percent factually based. That's how it always. <laughs> you go like this, but like we've talked about this so many times. I mean, if like, plugin does something wrong, it gets delisted. That's what happens. It gets yeah, cut but, out but, of the system. We're not going to abandon all the users, though. Like, but they don't do that. What happens it, is they they send out a notice. And then WordFence or uh, one of the other security companies comes up with a big notice. They say, this thing is poison. Take it off your system. There has never been, and I will stand corrected if it's if I'm wrong. I I'll wish you corrected. had picked a caching plugin as an example because that's not the... That's nobody, not the nobody who has a private plugin has ever had a forced update. Never. Yeah, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll have we had the capability to do that though? Like how many forced updates have there been so far? It doesn't matter. There's one that we're talking about. Like, but you can't. Uh, I, do, I just want to. I just want to. Like, this is the first next, time, maybe. Yeah, let's get on to the next story. But it, <laughs> you know, Spence series, right? You know, to me, this is this, this really, is a precedent here. This this really is a break breaking of trust because they said they would only do. I think I am correct. I might be wrong though, but um, they made out or they might they made it clear that it would only do this for security reasons for the core. Yeah. You know, there are not some bloody plugin which they think in their madness drives the growth of WordPress. Well, That's I don't particularly, like, they particularly right. favor, they were going to, you know, come off each other. <laughs> so I have really, two factors, two things here that I'll, yeah. I'll just let it rest. Yeah. The first is it does matter to me what the nature of the update was. And, and the assumption, Jetpack aside for a moment, is like what's good, again, I think about this as WordPress as an operating system. What's good for the ecosystem as a whole? And to leave a bunch of folks like vulnerable, I don't care who the plugin is. It's like that should very rarely be used, but there are times and situations where so so it's, it's a, it does matter what it is. I'm assuming that this was a big deal and would have left a lot of exposure and was worth doing. By whose standards? Who's the .org's, not not jetpacks.org standard? I'm saying none of us in the community got to say anything about it. Somebody there in .org made a choice. We think it's important. But you know what? Guess what? Some other private plugin author might have the same thing, and we don't have the power to force an update. You see what I mean? That's the difference. Right. On to, on to story two. Um, will Apple end new the newsletter boom? What did you think of this one, Paul? Uh, it's probably not going to be a popular opinion, but uh, I hope that they do. Do you know? Well, here's the thing, like... Um, I'm I'm done with all this stuff where I'm getting tracked all the time. I'll probably get an advert something about Jetpack after this um, this episode or something pop up. Now, I care about it and, and I don't. Like, conceptually, I'm like, we should stop this whole model. We should just watch TV again and the adverts come at us and we go, oh, that's a nice toilet seat. I'll go and buy that or whatever. Um, but I'm for cancelling all that unless unless it makes me poor. So if it turns out that that makes me not be able to earn money, then I'm then sod that. I'll I'll go with the um. But yeah, they can you can take whatever you want from everyone. No, that's um. It's a difficult one. I just I don't know what the world would look like with it and without it in comparison. And um and there's also a couple of things as well here. Like for sure, there's an agenda. So the agenda might be like oh, okay. So if we 
if we look really nice and we're trying to stop all this privacy stuff, then um, isn't this because we had a couple of weeks ago the hypocrisy mm. of Apple? We had a story that um, when it came to the Chinese government, Apple gave the Chinese government everything they wanted, you know, every bit of data about yeah. every poor sod that's got mm. Apple phone in China. They just, bleh, you could have the lot. And if they want to throw them in into a concentration camp, just get on with it. You know, yeah. these bastards. At Apple, you know, they they try and make out that they care fuck about your information, but they've shown that you know when it comes to a really particularly unpleasant regime in China, they give them anything, you know, mm-hmm. isn't it? Just a load of bullshit, Paul. Yeah, they need. I mean, at the end of the day, someone somewhere has got a spreadsheet that shows that this is the best thing for them to do uh, for their bottom line. <laughs> And, you know, it's kind of a move to say, well, we can take power away from Google. We can take power away from Facebook, perhaps. It's not something I massively understand. Um, But as an individual, it's kind of like annoying that I'm getting tracked all the time. And um, especially in emails, you know, I didn't even know there was pixels in emails. I knew if I clicked something, surely there must be a pixel, but not that I just received the email. That's really annoying. I've been using uh, Hey.com for about uh, since early after it came out, and it shows you. And it, it, it it's like it's interesting the psychological of like these ones are tracking me, these ones aren't. Yeah, and uh, and that this is basically taking that mainstream right where now it just it just won't let it happen. Um, I don't think this is going to affect the newsletter boom. Like if you're like for me is if you want to get something. You're going to have a little bit less insight, I suppose, into how effective something is. But ultimately, you have good calls to action. Like you're, you just, I guess, you have a little bit less. But I don't know. I think we're. I think some of that stuff is just. I, I'm like you in that regard, Paul. It's like it feels kind of icky sometimes. Where it's like, all right, guys, come on. I don't want to just go back to where the ads were the way that they were. Like there is value in things being more targeted. But I think there's there's better ways to pull it off. Yeah, opting in and opting out. I think uh, these tools like Hey that allow you to, or different browsers that allow you to to see what's coming in and make those decisions, even if you can kind of in the future, there's some kind of tool where you can kind of create your avatar of the kite, the, the different categories of yeah. information holistically that comes at you. Then that's probably the solution where it's going to go at some point, allow us to choose what's useful to share and what's not. But I don't think that it's going to end anything because smart people always figure out a way to evolve through these things and come there up. There was a podcast ways. player that I had that gave me the option of whether or not to show ads. And I turned, I kept it on. Like yeah. I was like, and then eventually I turned it off cause it was like getting annoying, but it's like, it was a good way to be like, I, I expected it to give me some discovery, right? Where it's like, show me some podcasts I'm interested in. They're like, this oh, is my, my, my efforts are never annoying, Jonathan. No. Uh, I'm so sweet. <laughs> Spencer, uh, what did you think of this? I mean, everybody had a good point. I mean, at this at this stage of the game, one has to <clears throat> hello, hello. Some one has to assume that you're being tracked everywhere. You know, we joke about it, but if I say some name of a feminine hygiene product or a dog food, I don't have a dog or a woman in the house other than my electronic devices at the moment. But immediately thereafter, I will see ads in my Chrome browser or Facebook for that thing. So I'm being tracked up the wazoo, and I'm sure everybody realizes this. So from the standpoint of benefiting the public, it seems like, likewise disingenuous to suggest they're doing some public good here. What they're doing is they're clamping down on the external benefits 
for yeah. people outside of Apple's channel. That's all that's happening. Tracking will continue. It's never going to go away as long as it's legal. And it's just going to be servicing those that provide the channel instead of the third party. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Uh, after that Chinese story, every time bloody Apple PR come out with this bullshit that they care about people's privacy, I just, I just, my teeth start to grind a bit. And I mean, give me a break, you fuckers. You don't care. You don't, you don't care anything about people's privacy. These are a cynical bunch. Yeah, I'm, I'm I mean, you know, somebody, somebody's got to be like the uh, kid in the emperor's new clothes story. And that's what we sure. mostly but do here. It's like all the BS in the world isn't going to get by. Like we have a recording of what you just said or did. That's the opposite of what you said you were going to do. And, yeah. you know, that that's what's happening here. Um, yeah. Right, let's go on to story three before we go further. Oh, this is a juicy one. Uh, I'm sure the, the panel's going to have some opinions about this. I think the gauntlet has been definitely slapped on the table here. Elevator Cloud, the fastest way to create a WordPress website. What did you think of this one, Jonathan? Well, I always get a kick out of how many hosts say that they're the fastest. Like... It's like at some point, not everyone can be the fastest. Uh, I, I like, like, without looking into it in detail, I like, I like the move. I like the move for Elementor. I'm not personally a big fan of Elementor, like as a product, but like if I think, oh, well, well, why is that, Jonathan? Um, I mean, for me as an end user, I found, found it pretty confusing. Like, it's it's too much of like a buy into that ecosystem. It feels different to me than what I'm used to in WordPress. So that that's more of like a a personal like it was in the past year. I was like, oh, let me try this out, and I found it kind of overwhelming. As some, yeah. So anyway, the and I also have there's some bigger questions about some of their plays in terms of the ecosystem. I like though the move of having hosting that's more and more focused on a specific audience, and there are a lot of people who love Elementor. So this feels like a logical a logical play. Yeah, it does really. So, what do you reckon, um, Paul? What do you reckon about this? It was it was pretty obvious. This is where they're going to go, wouldn't it? Yeah, I'm also not like a big fan of Elementor at all. I'm a Beaver Builder user myself, but um, Elementor are huge innovators. You know, they've they've made a bunch of mistakes, and you know, a lot of their users are quite unhappy about instability and things breaking a lot and all that kind of thing. Um, but they do know their user, their customer personas really, really well. And they know what they need. I don't know if this is the right answer for them, actually. And I'll come on to that in a minute. But in terms of like, there's one way you could look at this to say, okay, they're taking on Wix or Squarespace or something, or probably automatic, maybe. Um, and then there's another way you can look at it and say, okay, we, we want to keep innovating, but 90% of our support tickets are basically incompatibilities with the thing we made. Yep with other plugins and Elementor are pretty uh people in, in the know I'm not I'm not really one of them who has this direct conversations but they're quite a closed shop uh they don't they don't collaborate that much compared to a lot of some of the other plugins with of you know other systems and stuff like that they've got their own thing they've got their own stuff that they're pushing out and they're thinking about their customers who are designers and site builders and they're worrying about those a lot of the time so on one on one side you could say okay so if if elementor was to go and buy a bunch of other plugins and make this kind of closed system then they're sort of taking on something like webflow and it would probably be a very good stable solution if they weren't attracting so many DIY people 
to come in and and chuck every other marketing message plugin that they decide to add into the mix. Well, and the, you know, let's be frank about it. If it yeah. wasn't it wasn't for the total mess, which is Gutenberg, the three year journey, the three year journey to nowhere. Um, that goes on and on and on. It's like it's like the long march in China, isn't it? You know, it's an endless series of bloody balls ups from the great leader, isn't it? You know, um, but wow. but you know, <laughs> you know, we've got to face truth here, Paul. Um, you know, Gutenberg yeah. should have been done about eighteen months ago, but you know, we still never know when it's ever going to be bloody properly finished, do we? You know. No, no. But as I mean, as for Elementor and like who they're targeting, that's the only thing I question here is like, I think that the majority of their customers are designers and agencies. Um, The ones who pay, the ones who pay. I think if you see Elementor's growth, you see uh, Elementor included in loads of Envato products and stuff like that. But those products bundle in the free things to stop people having to buy the pro version of Elementor. So I don't think that the Elementor has a user base that is like a Wix type person. So I don't know how that's going to work out in terms of numbers. But if you're looking at getting acquired again, you know, they got 15 million at some point, then yeah, you've got to do yeah. something in hosting, build a product and someone goes, oh, that looks interesting. I'll buy it. You know, at some point, I- I've heard rumors, I'm not going to say exactly what I know, but I've heard rumors about Automatic looking to buy massive brands just to just to basically take them out of the direction they might be going. So you could even have automatic buying Elementor at some point because they've got way more yeah. money. I can, see, well, money I can see them doing that. I, I can see them clearly doing that. But the other that. thing, just as last last point, is that I watched the uh, talk with um, Matt, Brian Crosgard was interviewing Matt Mullenweg on WordCamp EU. And um, I really got the impression because Matt Mullenweg was talking about um, – some of the big players who don't do any, don't give anything back. And it was pretty clear he was, to me, that he was talking about Elementor. And Automatic is in bed with some other brands. You know, it gives a bunch of its plugins to WooCommerce and it has other deals with some of the other companies and stuff like that. And I think that Elementor have, are going to find that they're on their own. They haven't got any friends. They're not going to have any friends with the other hosting companies. They're not going to have friends with with Automatic. And they probably will, as Spencer has said before, and a lot of other people have said, fork WordPress and they'll go off on their own. They might have a big legal battle about it at some point. But I think that's where they're going to find themselves and they are going to try and create their own thing. And I think they probably haven't got much choice because they're just not seen as the good guys by the in crowd of the big the big companies who are controlling everything. I wish them all the best of luck, though, because they go ahead and create these innovative, quite mind-blowing things within WordPress that aren't for me, but for some people, they've empowered people to do some pretty damn awesome things. So good luck to them, and I hope that they can go off and do their own thing. Because Matt Mullenweg is always saying, oh, um, well, you know, you can fork it if you want. And it always seems like an empty kind of... <laughs> you can- Try it. You try and fork it. Well, actually, maybe they can. Maybe they can, and maybe they can make it. Well, work. they're so the they're only they're the only force in WordPress mm. that could probably do quick, something. Quick comment something. on that. Quick that's why. That. That, just just to finish off, Jonathan. That's why Matt Malware hates them so much because yeah. he knows they're a kind of they're the only real threat that he faces. Uh, well, you don't, don't, don't think he hates them or not. That's, that's why he hates them so you, much. You don't know that he hates them or not. Oh, he's made it, he, it is uh, ways made it quite clear. I, that, 
I, I don't think that they would ever fork WordPress. I, I, Paul, I think it's a good insight on your perspective. I, I do think that they, they are a little bit of an island. And this move, I hadn't thought about the hosting angle. Yeah, this is not good for the relationships in the hosting space. It's going to be interesting to see what happens longer term with this because it's like if you're going to do this well, you do have to play nicely with others. Well, you think that you think that hasn't been a, gone down? It's gone down like a bucket of sick with the hosting providers. What happens when WordPress.com really shows what it's about? You think that's not gone down very well? You think, you just wait when they go public, automatic goes public, yeah, and, they, and the um, cursor really gets pulled. It's a, out. It's a different. Product, uh, um, it's a so if you product, if, yeah. if you buy something if you buy a product from WordPress.com, you're buying into a Wix type idea. And if you look at the you know Liquid Web and GoDaddy, they are saying, okay, we're now aiming at people who have heard of WordPress as a piece of software and that you can do anything with it. Yeah. And they're creating these packages that you can do anything with with their kind of packaged up version. So I I think automatic. And GoDaddy and Liquid Web can all share a beer at the bar together and have a good time, but I don't think Elementor will get invited. Oh, well, shame. Well, what do you reckon? They're not going to be invited to the bars, Spencer. No. What do you reckon? Uh, I have a unique spin on this. And first of all, I enjoy the fact that uh, this has happened because this is the second bet I've won from last year because I laid a bet on this happening last year. And I think this is phase one of Elementor's move on her own, but also with the twist that I'm going to tell you, to turn the tables. This is their little beta to prove out the point that they can take as many of the kids from the party back to their house to have an after party and do better by reversing the table. So contrary to what Jonathan Wald just said, I believe 1,000%. The next move is to fork the install of WordPress wow. and okay. run their curated version of it. But here's my twist. Okay. Once they prove that they'll get the kids to come to the party and they can provide a turnkey hosted solution with all of the benefits of all their you know, creativity, they have 15 million bucks of VC money right now. Automatic is capitalized right now at 3 billion. Wix is over $15 billion. The next move is Wix comes in and buys Elementor and takes over the forked version of WordPress with Elementor <laughs> as the base. And here's, and here's why. This is classic Larry Ellison, or this is classic, you know, the Gordon Gecko. Not to split it up, but because they have five times the capital. Then they get all of the goodwill of Elementor and all of the goodwill of the people like me who will say, this is where you go for the logic of a company that knows what the fuck it's doing instead of what Automatic has been doing with this organic picnic thing run by the, you know, the founder that can't make up his mind whether we can trust him or not with things like Jetpack. I would send everybody I know over to the hosted, backed by Wix version of Elementor oh my goodness. With, with, with WooCommerce and everything else installed. Why? Because what we want here, what I'm doing with WP Launchify, that was my first bet, is trying to say, when you come from space down to planet Earth and say, oh, I need a CMS, you look at Shopify and Wix and Weebly and Squarespace and, and everything else, you immediately understand what the hell is going on. It's the platform with this features, mm. these pricing. You come to WordPress. First, you got to figure out, is it .com or .org? 
Then at .com, it's hosting, but you really don't get everything at hosting. Then you got to start putting in plugins and some things work. And, so, and then you go to .org and it's a complete other shit show of like, what do I do? How do I do it? Then you've got things like, oh, well, well, well I, I, actually, when it comes to the membership right. learning management, I know a company um, and I know, yeah, I, I know. But, that's but, actually solving that problem, Spencer. But, but that's the point. The point is every other platform with $3 billion of capitalization would have had this figured out by now because all of those exist. So my bet is that the guy who Matt Mullenweg started sticking his thumb in the eye to <laughs> two months ago is going to say, hey, you know what? Sounds really good. That Israeli team has got a good idea. Let me throw a well, billion not, bucks away. What you're saying isn't totally implausible because they're both, I've heard rumors, because they are both Israeli-based companies. Watch Wall uh, Street. And, yeah, watch, and watch the and scene I where have, Gordon Gecko and the British guy go at each other for billions of dollars to see yeah, who's going to get the company. I have had certain things sent to me about Wix and Animator, actually. So, Jonathan, what do you reckon? You want to finish off? I, I would take that bet, but I do find your perspective interesting. It's it's interesting. I I, I don't think I don't think it's plausible for different reasons, but I'd take the bet. It's uh, the, I the like, fact I like that Mullenweg went after the founder of Wix, talking about what they copied when Wix has five times the profit and capitalization. It's ridiculous. It's like the ant screaming at the elephant about the elephant, uh, you know, stealing its thunder. There's such a disconnect from reality here. What what the problems are with WordPress is that WordPress's potential is unrealized. Well, it's not, well, it's not that surprising when the great leader thinks Jetpack is but I'm just the, saying the driving thinks Jetpack is the driving force of WordPress. Come off it! For How cool sake. would it be for Wix you know, to have two platforms? They got the Wix platform that serves a certain type of you know got to have it customer. And then you get yeah. the WordPress platform, which under the control of Elementor's mindset would be for those of us who develop for clients. And we get the sanity of leadership that understands what we need and demand in terms of like behavior rather than this, who do you know, kind of random stuff. I would find that so attractive. I would jump on it and recommend it to anybody because that's <laughs> well, what we want. Yeah, we need to go for our break. We're going for our break. We're coming back. Got some other good stories. Got a story from Jonathan as well. Uh, we'll be back in a few moments. Oh, God, he's got red there. It's called white. Uh, right, we'll be back in a few moments. LaunchFlows turns your WooCommerce website into a selling machine. We make it easy to create gorgeous sales funnels, no friction checkouts, order bumps, upsells, downsells, and much more. Gain full control over your buyer's journey from the top of your WooCommerce sales funnel all the way to the bottom. Best of all, you can use your favorite page builder, such as Elementor, Divi, Beaver Builder, Gutenberg, or one of the high-converting templates we've included inside. Get rid of the clunky WooCommerce shop pages and checkout process in favor of an optimized buyer flow that instantly increases conversions and makes you more money. LaunchFlows provides one-click order bumps that increase the total value of every sale with a 10 to 30% conversion rate. This is perfect for anyone offering complimentary products, training, or extended warranties. With unlimited upsells and downsells, your buyer's journey doesn't need to end at the checkout. Instead, we make it easy to display a series of additional offers as part of the original transaction. This is perfect for one-time offers, related products, mastermind class offers, high-ticket software sales, or subscription supplements. Not an expert? Don't worry. 
we've got the training and the consultation you need. WP Launchify will teach you how to get the most out of launch flows with personal consultation on WordPress, WooCommerce, marketing automation, and much more. If you want to earn more money with your WooCommerce online business, you owe it to yourself to try launch flows today. We're coming back. Paul looks totally bemused and puzzled. <laughs> John's gone white as a sheet. And Spencer, <laughs> I think he's lost the plot. Don't you know anyway. He's, 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 any uh, all right, he's just, he's just a total rant. I was just wondering, Jonathan Denwood, yeah. uh, just because we've got two Jonathans here mm. today. Um, I've just been watching on HBO Max, which I shouldn't be able to do because I'm in the UK, but I've got friends, you know. And uh, I've been watching this QAnon, uh, this QAnon um, documentary. I'm wondering, mm. like, is Spencer, like, on some kind of forum where there's, like, a QAnon WordPress-type situation? <laughs> and he's, like, getting drops every day, and he's like... I mean, you know, it's interesting. You should start a YouTube channel, mate, and you could, the, you the could you know, monetize it, the drops is, or something. But this isn't conspiracy. What I'm yeah. talking about is if you looked at the history of how large companies yeah, right. acquire right. properties, I totally get what you're saying. Okay, yeah. you, you've got such an opportunity here for a company with experience in the domain space like Wix yeah. to come in and say, what is the unique proposition of WordPress and you know this open source that nobody else has or at least hasn't had since Red Hat software? with Linux. Yeah. Open source is automatic's Achilles heel. It's been from day one. You can't have such stupidity and big balls when your software is open source because anybody who has the means can come in and pick it up and do better. Look at what happened with WooCommerce. WooCommerce was forked by WooThemes and then you never heard of the original authors anymore. In the same way, if you got the money to give jobs to all the qualified engineers and software contributors over at the Elementor version hosted by and paid for by Wix, what do you think? They're not going to take the jobs to go improve the software there? So it's not a conspiracy. It's more like a reality check of, this yeah, is what is it's so Why do you yeah. think the why do you think the great leader hates animators with such passion? And uh, you know, he really, he really hates them to the core. And anybody you that, don't know that you don't know that he hates I've been them. To, I've been told by a few people that <laughs> okay, really I, know I worked well. at Automatic for 18 months. Well, I've got certain better sources than the even fact you that you're not were. working there is interesting because uh, I know other people who have been on the show and other people I know directly and I'm not comparing you, but I'm saying when you look at Glassdoor, which compares what jobs are like, I think there was last time we were on the show, it was what, how many open jobs at Automatic? 98 or 198? There was almost, there was an ungodly number of open jobs. Ask yourself, how is that possible? How could there be that many open jobs at a company? And why is it the, the normal thing that happens is people come and then they go? Now, I'm not asking you to con you know, you know, comment <laughs> on this, but I'm saying facts speak loudly here. And then when you look at the anonymous comments on Glassdoor, it backs up the fact there is a disconnect of leadership so that people don't feel comfortable or confident that things are going in the direction they should be or could be at this point. And certainly when you're starting to pick fights with a company five times your size in your space and one of your largest plugins go off and start forking your software, it's time to start thinking that the adults in the room should get involved and say, what's really happening here? And then finally, this Jetpack plugin. When you get caught with your hand in that cookie jar five times this year, we've talked about at least Jetpack did this and Jetpack did that and Jetpack got away with the other. Come on. 
I mean, would you want to be in a car driving down the highway with your family when the driver was a drunken, out of control maniac like this? <laughs> well, at least get old with this, shall we? Good. I mean, I'm sorry, but like, I can't so, be excommunicated because I don't have anything in the. Yeah, well, you had a good, you had a good go at it. Well, let's 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 go on. Let's go forward. Let's talk something really important. One of my other. Sponsors. And by the way, I didn't name any names this time. You know. Yeah. Well, you, you that'd be the end of you if you did that. Um, <laughs> I'm not getting any more letters or complaints. Hey, I'm really not getting any shame. more bloody letters. Shut up, that foreman guy from yeah, the names. It'd be right. a real shame if something happened. I'm not, I'm not taking. <laughs> I'm not taking the heat for you. Uh, Conversio. Uh, let's talk about Conversio. Our um, basically, going to wish he never came on today. Yeah, right. Our, um, <laughs> it's a great hosting company if you're looking for real performance. Real performance for yourself or for your clients. I'm talking about medium to large WooCommerce websites, large learning management systems, um, enterprise-level WordPress hosting. These are the, are the people to look at. Um, I've had They showed me their back end. I know some people that have utilized their hosting in um, quite stressful um, performance orientated scenarios, and they've just been blown away by the support and the quality hosting that they provide. They're also giving a great deal to the um, WP Tonic tribe. Um, all the links are going to be in the show notes and they're all over the website. If you click one of the links, you'll be taken to a Pacific landing page, and there they're offering 30% of any of their plans. And it's the first time they've ever done that. So you really want to have a look at it and take them up. Um, and if you've got a website for a client that real that you really need performance hosting, um, real performance hosting, not just cash, not some crappy cash platform, um, go and have a look at them, right? Um, so on to number four, um, Future-proof, nine rules for a human age of optimization. So what did you think of this one, Spencer? I actually thought this was really well done because some of these things we've talked about before, there's no denying that Boston Robotics doggy robot with the head that's a hand is going to come for you and your children. But in the meantime, if you're looking about your employment concerns, you need to take on an understanding of the human relationship part of whatever you're good at or skill that you're interested in. Because I think as more and more things become automated, and I'll give you an example, like voicemail or, or you know, phone jail. Um, we crave the human part of it. I don't know about you, but they mention it in here as well. Those automated bots are likewise as infuriating as voice jail. You yep. call up a business, you know there's two, three people that work there, and they got a voice jail thing that requires you to do 87 choices to just even leave a number versus if you just picked up the phone and said, hey, what's up? It's, oh, sure, he's gone to lunch. Fine. Similarly, with this bots, bots are cool if they're used in a way that enhance the experience. Like, what do you need? I need this. Okay, cool. Here's the URL versus pretending it's a human for the first five minutes, only for you to figure out that you've been talking to a bot and you're no farther along. So I think this is a great thing for anybody to read because I have kids that are coming up through college age and so forth. And we are definitely no longer in the world where, you know, jobs that could be done automated are going to be done by people. 
but I think there'll be an infinitely number of new opportunities for humans to interface. Well, I think think this is the big question of the 21st century, really. Is it it going to be similar to the last um, age of automation, mass production, um, where there was a flood of new jobs? Or have we got to the stage where there isn't going to be a lot of newer type jobs that there's just just a, a large proportion of the population just won't be able to find employment you know that is the big question of the next 20 to 30 years so paul what did you think of this article well i watched this over documentary just the other day and it was actually projecting around eight years into the future. And there were all these things called Terminators. And basically, it was, uh, this big muscly guy was in it as well and everything. And it seemed to me that there wasn't, like, what I was expected and what this article tells me is that if you were like a social worker or something like that, or, you know, worker, you know, things that humans do, then you'll probably be all right. And that does sound like good short-term advice. But I didn't see that in that documentary, there was many social workers or artists who were all doing fine and it was everyone else that was getting killed by the Terminators. So I think uh, we're all getting taken over, and this definitely seems like a, a good short-term short-term view. But one thing that gives me a lot of confidence, having uh, played with the uh, block editor in Gutenberg quite a lot, is that I don't even think uh, Elon Musk can create an AI that can take over and figure out the block editor completely. So I think as long as we stay in WordPress, we're all going to be fine. Well, yeah, you get a gold star for that remark. Uh, um, Jonathan, what, what did you reckon? The robot would explode from frustration. <laughs> so I've read a quarter of the piece as we're talking. Uh, this is this is uh, seems really well done. I'm going to read it later. Um, I don't have any comments at the moment. Right, keep reading then. So, so. Um, I don't know what to do. Um, I thought it made some good points. I think the points it made are, are, were, were well placed. It's just the forces behind it. But I think underneath it, that is the big question mark of the early to middle 21st century. Mm-hmm. It's really quite clear we've got two paths. It's almost something out of mate. The Matrix, we've got the red pill or the blue pill, and we it's really coming to the crux. We've got really two paths that we can go down. One path is going to, you know, people are always going to have problems, and it's a bit it's a bit like in America where you, you're progressive. They, you know, you're socially. All I want for America is America to become more like Canada, for God's sake. Huh. Uh, um, I don't, I, I really don't want it, you know, is Canada a, a socialist, communist country? I don't think so, but that's what I'm looking for, is America to become more like bloody Canada, for God's sake, without the dreadful weather. So uh, um, there I we go. I think that's an extremely relevant point. I'm not sure how. But I'm going to watch it back, and I reckon I can find something connecting whatever you're talking about there. So. Yeah, well, so you know, what you're saying is I'm just waffling. I'm well known for my waffling. Um, right, on to the next story. Um, so what, should, what are we doing for time? Well, I think we we've got Jonathan this. Wald's uh, article. Yes, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to jump to that. Uh, 
So, yeah. That's what I love about shows like this. I didn't know, Jonathan, you were coming on today. And, you know, it's just great to meet new people. I I love this kind of thing when we're just coming out of this whole lockdown thing and you still get to meet new people. It's awesome. So, um, right, let's talk about Jonathan's an app store for WordPress. So, Jonathan, what made you decide to write this article? What, What triggered you to get... The keyboard tapping away, Jonathan. Uh, it's something I've been thinking about for years. It, it's like Spencer and I've chatted about it multiple times over the years. And uh, where, I mean, specifically what I'm trying to do with this piece is just get my ideas out of my head into paper, right? Like I, I, I was like, these are different things I'm thinking about. These are some of the problems that I see in the space. I don't know what the answers are. I have ideas, but let me first try to articulate some of this. And yeah, I found it a really helpful exercise and I'm looking specifically, okay, what can I do to help solve some of these problems? But the first step in my intent with the piece was like, all right, let me do the work of just getting it out of my head in hopefully a coherent way that can lead to some discussions. And for me at this stage, I'm especially interested in like, what am I missing? Like it, I, I feel I'm a bit biased towards my logic being sound, but I'm like, what, what's not what doesn't make sense about it? I'm in a stage right now where it's like, until you get the ideas out there, you can't, you know, you, you, you can't get input, you can't get feedback back. So, yeah, I would love to hear what you guys think about it. Well, before you do that, what do you think are some of the key things that you want, you, you would like to happen, like one or two key things that you think, if they changed, they would improve the situation for all the users of WordPress? Okay, good. So let's focus. So part of the key of this piece is the different audiences, right? The, the, the users, the extenders, the builders, whatever you want to call them, and then the hosting providers. And for the users, so I tend to spend most of my time thinking about the hosting providers. For the users, it's pretty simple. I, I want people to have the best options available to them. And I want to help people. I want to see, and this is for myself as well as a user, I want to make it easier to make better decisions about the options available to you. And in practice, this looks like things like improving the algorithm in search when you're looking for a plugin, right? Like, and with, when you're looking at a bunch of different plugins, how do you choose between those options? I think there are very like practical things. The other day I was looking for a plugin and I'm, I've been in WordPress 16 years and I was, it, it took me some time to make a decision about which one I was going to use. And at the end of the day, there's a fair amount of it's like subconscious instinct <laughs> more than objective. I think I think that can be a lot better for users. I think we can give them better options, including the premium plugins that currently, unless you know where to go, you don't know that they exist. And within that growing list of options, I think we can help make people make better decisions about what they choose. Yeah, so what did you think of this, Paul? Uh, I think it's a really good idea. And um, one thing is, it's like absolutely true. I think unless you're in the know, it's difficult to know what the good solutions are. Well, it's, a, it's, it's a good idea, Paul, but unfortunately, yeah. the great leader totally oh. won't, won't move his arm. Depends how you frame he it. Just won't do, he just won't allow anything, any change or any possibility of change let, to let happen. Me, let me frame it in a way that he might not be able to say no. All right. So, okay. So, you, uh, some kind of board is formed. It's a complete non-profit organization that does this thing. It's separate from WordPress, right? But it gives you all these, you know, uh, useful recommendations, just like every other app store does, like Netflix does, like HBO Max does. And um, 
And it, basically, it's super useful, and it's what you want because currently it's, it's kind of like the old yellow pages of. We 90s. can't, we can't have any. Oh, but this is oh, you know, you are not on. Oh, you're not on message. We the leader oh, yeah. said <laughs> he's a benign dictator. You know, he's not going to let you know. You just haven't got the message, Paul. Yeah, but but listen, he's he's wants he wants these organisations to give back, right? So. Maybe you could frame it that there is this separate entity that runs this thing because why not? It's there's no rules to say you can't do it, right? And then you go five percent of every plugin or product sold is five for the future. How can Matt say no to that? He just did a talk all about it on WordCamp Europe. These big companies they can do what they want, but give back five for the future. Frame it like that, and then have to hear the argument why we can't or someone can't go off and do this and get applauded for the innovation and the giving back to the core. Why not? You know, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's some reasons Spencer's laughing. He's like, right, I'm going to say. I'm, you. I'm, I'm, laughing, I'm laughing at the, your comments are legit. I'm laughing at the, mm. whom we're speaking well, about. The re- we're laughing both for me, Spence, because of the reality, isn't it? Right. Like, <laughs> like, this, this is like telling a 54-year-old divorced guy how amazing getting married for the first time is. And it's like, oh, <laughs> let, let me tell you some stories. But I think, I think Paul and JW, I'm going to use JW for simplicity, are both correct about the basic premises underlying this, but I refer back to my Wix strategy by saying wrong people, wrong company, wrong place. There is no doubt at this stage that automatic cannot, will not, should not, never could execute an app store in a way that would be reasonable, fair, profitable, or for those of us who are practicing the realities of the ecosystem of selling in in WordPress, and I'll give you an example of that, would work. Here's an example of how all the things you guys talked about are theoretically possible in the right hands, but don't work in today's WordPress. We talked about the example of that other fellow who tried to jam a freemium, you know, like sample product into his plugin and the world came down on his head. With launch flows, I was very reluctant to take the initial advice of uh, two of our show members, right? Um, you know, Vito and, and, Bo, um, and Andrew both had suggested there's a, a really interesting phenomena happening with lifetime value deals with software. Now, I'm very active with all the authors and they hire me, retain me, talk to me to get mm. them to understand where and how the price point is. I was a little taken aback by this, but here's what's happened. There is a like an NFT or cryptocurrency type mindset or a housing bubble, bubble mindset running around the WordPress space right now huh. where people who have no business buying these software plugins and so forth are buying them in droves at the right price only if they're lifetime value. So for example, uh, launch flows was at $300 for unlimited single year license. We shifted it to 300 for unlimited. And I did it begrudgingly because I limited it to two years support. And I explained, look, I'm not going to marry you guys forever. You don't need more than two weeks support, but this is it. What I found was right now, a couple of our JV partners wanted to do unique deals. One of them, a digital think, took the plugin and said, I'm going to eat it on my 50% affiliate revenue, and I'm going to give all of that to my buyers mostly. So they're selling the deal for $199. People are buying the plugin 
that probably have never done a sales funnel, don't know what WooCommerce is, and they're like crazy. And here's why. I think what's going on is they think if they acquire the pieces of the puzzle or the components of a stack, that they own them and then they never have to pay again. And it's weird because if you've got 43% of the CMS market and you did this thing you're talking about the right way, somebody could consolidate a store or a shop where it's all like just buy the bits and bobs you need for a lifetime deal and all of them are relatively discounted. And if the owner of the store acted with good conscience, unlike Apple, and didn't take 33% or whatever, 60% or whatever it is, then all of the software authors would go in for it, just like I did. Because as soon as this person showed me some of the other LTDs they did, I'm like, look, I'll, I'll take a product that was 300 a year, make it 300 lifetime, and I'll take half of that even, because you're going to sell so many of those yep. goddamn things. Yep. And, and so th- my point is, we are approaching like the apex of the curve with the marketplace of plugins where you only need a small stack. That's what WP Launchify helps people figure out. And of that small stack, your investment is 600 to 1200 a year. But so many people would rather spend that money one time, buy all the pieces. And if somebody could capture that mindset and stick it into the Elementor Wix, you know, new version of WordPress, yes, it would work. But as long as it's over here where you've got things going on like the the backwards-ass repository or Jetpack can do it as they say, but not as we do, nobody's going to feel good about that. You have to do it privately. Mm-hmm. And that's based upon my real world, you know, like today as we speak experience. Shocking, but true. No, but it's just a shame I've been going on about this for years. You know, the actual experience in the theme and plugin um It's just awful. You're so right, Jonathan. And, you know, your article is, you know, it's in the right spirit. But what what is so frustrating is that it falls on deaf ears from somebody who just will not listen and will not move on this. And um, I don't know what the WordPress community can do because fundamentally, um, he's a benign dictator. And as soon as he said that in public, um, he lost all confidence in me because I don't need some godforsaken benign dictator. You know, you, you know I do, I'm not going to support that, Jonathan. Um, I didn't assume that it would have been automatic that would have set that up anyway. Like, I thought it was just like conceptually. I don't know. We don't know. Like, it's like Jonathan said, it's like a, it's a concept that he wants to put out there as an idea, doesn't have all the answers to. And then, and then we can discuss it. And there will be, you know, Spencer will say it can't happen because of this. But then someone else might go, well, I can't solve all the things Spencer said there, but I can solve 10% of that problem. And then someone else might say, we can solve 10% of that. And if they get 50% of the things solved, then they might have like a a, um, a model that could work that isn't the same as what uh, JW well, said. It's, it's, worse, it's, it's, even, it's even worse than that, Paul, because if something mm. was done, some something creative, there's some of the revenue that's produced could actually go to... A lot of really big-hearted developers that are a kind of one one job plugin that's but is really important, and they 
they're having to support it and they're getting hardly any income from it, they could actually spread some of that money around some great developers that are supported for no charge plugins that a lot of people are using and they don't get any any yeah. real recognition. That's what it, hold on, that's my point about how it works now versus how it could work. Right now, I can speak. WP Launchify's point is because of my relationships with the other developers, it's not like we're telling you you have to use this or that, but the developer that has a plugin that solves a thing, it makes it possible for somebody to come to the platform to say, oh, I need this plugin. And then they can either take the free one or the paid one, and here's why, and then pay the author. The author, and I speak for almost all of them, is not going to give their trust to anybody at Automatic to sell their plugins. That is never going to happen. But using Jonathan Denwood's model. If a benevolent dictator that ran things the correct way at Wix made a situation where, unlike Liquid Web or one of the hosting companies where you get paid a penny for your $500 plugin, that the authors could actually sell their lifetime deal or their product at retail or at least a slight discount. Here's the benefit. The platform gets all the goodwill of people coming to one place like it's a food court, everything I need in one spot, and I don't have to wonder what the hell's happening. The developers, just like on Shopify, by the way, the developers on Shopify love making software there because they're in a recurring revenue model that's forced upon the buyers, but the buyers love it because they don't have to figure out who to hire. Nobody in Automatic has done this yet, and they're never going to because this whole granola do is, you know, what you want environment is never going to get fixed unless there's money at the top. And I think, Paul, you've said this elegantly, and John Dunwood, and he put all these together. If somebody at the top says, here's how we're going to reinvent it, and why you can trust us is because we have $15 billion and proven we know how to do this, and he set up the automatic that should have been, then all of the developers can build the products to solve problems, and they can be fairly bought and sold for, you know. So I'll, I'll, leave, it, I'll leave it at this, my closing thought on it. I don't think you need to start at the quote-unquote top with this. My premise for this, I wrote the first piece on decentralization. And my hypothesis for how you go about this is to work directly with hosting companies who would pre-install this. So it's more about figuring out like how, like finding enough shared interests, finding enough shared problems to solve, where hosting companies would say, yeah, well, we want to be a part of that. This, this reduces our cost. This increases lifetime value. And I don't think you need to have this sort of top-down way, nor do I think that's actually the best way to pull it off. So that's my hypothesis at the moment. Who knows? But the way that I'm thinking about this is like, all right, let me spend time talking to hosting companies, validate this and find out, are there enough who say, yes, if this existed, we would, we would take part in this. And if that's the case, then awesome. If I can help make it happen, then that's what I'd like to do. All right. So um, we're going to drop story six and we're going to go on to our recommendations of the week from the panel. But before that, we're doing a webinar this morning at around 10.30. If you want to, if listening to this live and you want to join us, me and Spencer are going to be delving into the stack that you need to run a, a modern WordPress website and marketing automation. And I'm going to throw it over to Spencer to tell us what we're going to be discussing this morning. Yeah, I mean, today we're going to talk about the final of three installments. So we talked about why and how you put together a modern membership site with all the various components in the stack for 
again, selling membership, access, marketing automation, using WooCommerce and so forth. Uh, today, we're going to talk about how to launch it. So it's the strategies that differ in using that kind of system versus the old-fashioned using email as your channel for marketing. Because email is such a busy channel, you're not going to get people excited when you say, give me your email and I'll send you 65 drip follow-ups to nurture you. Nobody would ever take that today. But you have the ability to learn how today you can use three key strategies with a WordPress site to tell people, hey, come on over because there's something really exciting happening. And then they get a customized experience and they get their user journey tracked so that you can continue to give the ultimate benefits with the least amount of wasted time. And then you have a relationship that's real, you know, where you want it to be. It's financially productive and time-saving for the end user. So right. Um I well, I didn't put it in the show notes, but I have got a recommendation. Um, the, the CEO is coming on the show. It's basically um, something that really helps you with the maintenance if you're uh, developing, you've got your offering maintenance plans or you're around that or individual. It's a company called Watchful. Um, it's watchful.net. Um, and they're offering um, a package that gives you interface, but the thing is, it's at a really very attractive price. So um, I'm looking at it in a little bit more detail. So, like I say, that's watchful.net. Um, so, Spencer, got anything you want to recommend to the listeners and viewers? I do. Uh, this is a plugin that snuck up on me, but Luke from my team recommended it. Uh, it's called the WooCommerce. Stripe fee in report plugin. Um, I think it's relatively new. Uh, it's 10 months, but it's an esoteric plugin. If you're using WooCommerce to tra transactions, and hopefully you're using Stripe, for some strange reason, it doesn't give you a specific you know, line or, or total of how much you're paying in fees. You know, like on a $300, whatever it is, you might pay like $12, but it adds up quickly if you sell a lot of products. So this is a really neat little plugin that was very lightweight and gave me a way to understand the difference between what's my gross sale and what's the amount being paid to Stripe. There we go, yeah. I, tell you, I get it, I get it. Uh, Paul, is there anything you want to recommend to the listeners and viewers that's come on your radar? I think the most recent plugin, it's been a while since a plugin came, you know, Oh, it doesn't have to be a plugin. No, no, no yeah, well, all right, two things. Uh, I got uh, a plugin that I've really impressed with recently was Perf Matters. Um, Brian, uh, I forgot his surname now, who used to work at Kinster. He was on your show a couple of, uh, Perf yeah. Matters, the performance plugin. Really cool. Brian, it's Brian not, Jackson, a great Brian Jackson, of, yeah. A great it's not, friend it's of not the about show. Caching. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a different approach. It's kind of like, don't just get all your junk and shove it under a mat and hide it. It's kind of like, let's do, let's take a sensible approach to performance first. So I really enjoyed working with that plugin. And then in terms of something that's getting me excited at the moment, I saw on uh, Twitter the other day that there is a new Masters of the Universe He-Man cartoon coming to Netflix. And oh my God, it looked awesome. I'm just serious. It looked awesome. Has any of you three seen that? Trailer. Uh, um, I'm too old for that. I did. It was good. Shit. Good trailer. Yeah. The trailer was amazing with it. You know, I need a hero music and oh, it's, it's yeah. little little tear well, in my eye. Very um, <laughs> I, would, I would recommend Kim's Convenience Store has a new season. If you watch Netflix, that's a hilarious. I think it's got five or six seasons. Kim's Convenience is okay. Oh, listen to surprisingly that. hilarious. 
Sitcom. Um, Jonathan, got anything you want to recommend to the WP Tonic Tribe? Yeah. Check out, uh, if you haven't seen it already, check out WPTrends.co. That's uh, a little publication. Yeah, that, that's it's quite fantastic. Uh, he's been doing some cool stuff in a lot of different places. So I just found that the other day. I was like, oh, this is awesome. And if we're recommending shows, if you haven't seen it already, check out Ted Lasso. Season two is dropping mm-hmm. soon. Ted Lasso is a fantastic show. Yeah, all right, there we go. We're going to wrap up now. I, I really enjoyed it. We've had a great discussion. I really want to thank our two special panellists that have joined us, Paul Lacey and Jonathan World, um, thrown in the deep end, but I actually think we've had a fantastic discussion. And before I close it, please join the WP Tonic group. You'll find the links all in the show notes. Um, it's where I post extra stuff you won't find anywhere else and we have a discussion about WordPress and membership and marketing automation. So please join the WP Tonic group um, Facebook group and I'm trying to grow it and I'll be doing a lot more stuff in the coming weeks and months to get that really moving and we'll be back next week with another great panel, another great discussion. We'll see you soon folks Bye Thanks for listening to the WP Tonic Podcast, the podcast that gives you a dose of WordPress medicine twice a week. 